0: Thank you for tuning in. You're now listening to Deliberately, Deliberately woke. woke. We have a lot to talk about.
1: Let's get into it.
0: So, you know, something that I think we bonded over and like talk a lot about is mental health. Um, you know, I've shared with you that I'm in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few reasons why I'm I'm there. Um, but it really came about like at a time in my life where I really wanted to move forward with with certain things and mm-hmm. I just felt like, you know, I couldn't move forward with them whether it was like something with my career or something in my love life and therapy has really been like this outlet for me to kind of piece together why I think the way that I do mm-hmm. and you know, tackle things in a way that is a lot easier than I might have like thought of at first, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, my my immediate family, like, I've definitely shared this with them. They know this. And their response has been, like, obviously very supportive. That's good. Very supportive. But at the same time, it's still something that's very new Mm -hmm. to my family. And something that we haven't, like, hadn't spoken about before I decided, like, I needed to do this. Mm -hmm.
1: And what made you wait so long? Is it that stigmatism you're talking
0: about? It definitely definitely a stigma of like feeling like you should be able to deal with things on Mm -hmm. your own and or like confide in you know a close friend or a family member you Mm -hmm. know that was my parents initial reaction oh you can talk to us but Mm -hmm. and you know obviously that's great and I'm like very lucky because I know a lot of people don't have that right um but it's still something we're learning together. Mm-hmm. And, like, I want everybody to go to go to therapy based on and my positive, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I definitely believe that everybody should, especially when we're talking about, like communities of color because we have right. a lot of trauma that's not just like individual trauma, mm-hmm. but trauma that comes from the outside world and totally yeah. affects us in different ways.
1: no, I agree. No. I mean, It's interesting you say like now you're in therapy because I wonder if there's a stigma or fear kind of like in like POC families and communities and also most like Caribbean families. It's always like what society will think. Every judgment is like the outside world. And like this issue, mental health and going to therapy is something like, oh my God, I don't want to be seen as crazy. Yeah, Or also kind of like, I don't want to be seen kind of like as ungrateful because like, you know, they're like, you have this, you have that, we didn't have this. Exactly. Um, But it should be a part of your overall health. Yeah. Um, And I think it's seen as a weakness. Like like I was telling you when we were talking about this topic, it's kind of like you get your street cred and you get like your, you know, you get your rights to say I've lived if you suffered, but it's like suffering in silence is like noble or honorable in a way. And it's very interesting um, and it's it's weird to navigate. Um, I shared with you too, like as a kid, I, I had depression and I went to a, ch- a child psychologist for years, um, but it was like, like my family was supportive of it, obviously, because mm-hmm. I was underage and they put me in it, but it wasn't something that we really discussed. And when it came time to do like... Um, family exercise, sessions. Yeah. That's when the support wasn't there or like, oh my God, or why did you say this? Or we shouldn't be talking yeah. about this and it's it's very hard to navigate. And I wanna go back to it. Uh, but, you know, I, I kinda like have excuses and stuff and I think it's just that stigmatism that um yeah. that I'm dealing with. But also kinda like would I ever find a solution? Because my family is supportive to a certain extent. And then it's like, we're not talking about this. So then where do we yeah. go from here? Or how do you evolve from it? And also seeing it from the family's perspective that it's not like judgment or saying they're horrible or like they're going yeah, to hell. Yeah, but it's the It's way just you, to like
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> react to it and- you know, uh, like kind of process what has happened, mm-hmm. especially if you had traumatic childhood experiences exactly. or just, you know, family situations. And that's where it's hard to navigate this. So I understand it, but I agree everyone should be in therapy.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting what you say about like this badge of honor of mm-hmm. carrying like the trauma with you and like. <laughs> And just pushing through and not talking about it. through life, and it doesn't really work like that. I mean, at least for me, I mean, obviously people can get through life, but as Mm -hmm. far as like, you know, opening your mind to yourself and really learning yourself, like, it's extremely valuable. And it's almost like, especially in like, you know, Caribbean and, you know, black and people of color communities, like- it's almost as if like, it's a privilege to think about your mental health. Cause mm-hmm. you were saying like, yeah. you don't want to seem ungrateful. Right? right. Um, and it's like, why is the mind seen as not the most important thing? It's like, mm-hmm. if you have your basic needs met, like you have a house you have, yeah. and you know, obviously like, you know, we we're two educated people. We have two degrees, mm-hmm. but four degrees between the both of us. Yeah. And like, you know, we've lived a certain life of privilege. Right. Absolutely. But it's not to say that you, <laughs> shouldn't be taking care of your mental health mm-hmm. and especially within our community we've have suffered like so much trauma for hundreds of years mm-hmm. and when we don't talk about these things it, i mean it's crazy because it influences so many things that we do even the mindset that we yeah. don't deserve to think about our minds mm-hmm. like and then that's a privilege you know
1: yeah and the pessimism right we talked about mm-hmm. that i mean speaking i mean i always go to the caribbean because that's that's what i know that's what my family's background is so i mean just that in of itself the pessimism about everything you know like when you like when i made the joke like oh i'm going out tonight well did you know that (laughs) someone was stabbed here or like robbed the other day it's kind of like there's always like this anxiety inducing kind of feeling even telling your family positive news negative news at least for me i'm always like anxious and like oh my god how are they going to react how's this one going to react and i think that deals with like this generational trauma that we really don't talk about and in like it's noble uh, to keep it in and to just push through and just you know be you know have your outburst or you know whatever your vice is because a lot of these people have vices that you don't understand or they Mm -hmm. you know they're aggressive or angry it's it's because we're not like at least me not taught to process our feelings or react to situations it's kind of like it's invisible and like how we deal with it is like pretend it didn't happen
0: pretend it didn't happen or
1: like you know brush it over and
0: even like the way you're saying we process things like I know in my family like people definitely go to (laughs) the negative first like and it definitely is a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. because you're almost addicted to like the idea or addicted to like the anxiety. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, part of what I'm learning about myself. Yeah. Like I'll create a scenario when it Same. doesn't need to, it doesn't need to start there. Exactly. And like it can be, it can that can make it really hard to even have conversations mm-hmm. because you don't want to agitate or ruffle feathers with people in your yeah. family because, again, you don't want them to think like I think you're a bad person or yeah. like I don't like you. Mm-hmm. It's not that. It's just that we have to be able to to talk about this constructively so we can both. Move exactly. on from it. We can all move move through it. And like you said, there's so many things like this idea of like not being seen. Like if you don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how many crazy things have happened to my family. Like, exactly, you know, extended and wherever. And, you know, people that I know that... It's just like, that's insane when you recall like what happened or who did what to who. And because they're a family member, you can't say anything. And uh, we're just going to shut up about it and just be like, oh, yeah, that's nuts. And then and still interact with the person, too, and continue to make excuses, which creates a totally unhealthy environment. Mm
1: -hmm. Or even saying like, you know, not talking about when someone in your family clearly has some Mm -hmm mental health issue right. or you know I mean, or addiction yeah or something's I, going on and it's like oh that's just how they act if they have an outburst or they're aggressive towards you it's not it, we don't talk about like oh you know what maybe we should talk to them and maybe we should. they should get help or right. like see a therapist and not just be like, oh, that's their behavior. Um, and I find that a lot. And then you're supposed to interact with these people, but then the, the situations keep happening mm-hmm. and you're still mm-hmm. traumatized by it for years. And it's like, you don't really know how to talk about it. Yeah. And why family members, at least in my family, we just don't talk to each other because it's yeah. like, there's no tools that we have to talk about what the issues is. And we really don't know what the issues is and i think it's all of us navigating the traumas that we had which is different um and like really (laughs) just like it's like a a freaking nuclear bomb when we're all together and it's that's what it is and there's no talking about Mm -hmm. it and i i guess i am thinking about this now because a lot of people in my family older people are getting older and sick and it's only (laughs) the younger people are going to (laughs) be left around and none of us are really close like yeah. like before and you're like what is your family gonna be like mm-hmm. when like the kind of like the matriarchs of the family because there's a lot of women in my family are like gone like who's yeah. how are we gonna interact with each other because we don't have the tools to interact and they're all dealing and navigating their own trauma yeah. and like so it's like we either need a family therapist or this family will well, dissolve i, I
0: mean <laughs> i think about this too especially since i mean i don't have many siblings all of my cousins were either in sets of two or mm-hmm. three yeah and You know, and beyond that, I mean, I have, you know, extended family. And and we, I was talking to one of my cousins about this, and it's like, what's going to happen afterwards? Mm -hmm. Like you said, because, and and if we had those tools, I think it would be easier, like to therapy serving as a tool to be able to speak the same Mm -hmm. language or get on the same track and understanding of each other.
1: No, I agree. And that's exactly where I'm at now. And then some of it is, I mean, it's just, I, and i I it is historical, too, I think, is a really important mm-hmm. part, you know, and I think that there is something to say about the trauma of slavery Absolutely. and just the trauma of colonialism and everything because in like my family, like, like we were talking about like finding out stories of trauma right yeah that yeah. elders in your family have had years later and it's just like casually said and then never spoken again and you're like okay i i know this happened and you've moved on and you're strong but as not hell, really but me i like, i need yeah. to process this yeah. and be like oh my god and why are we still interacting with this person and, also, and so I, forth
0: like, i hate that it's just brought up casually yeah this just it happens is. And it's like oh yeah you know so and so and it's like wait what? what nobody yeah. did anything about this or mm-hmm. like worse when you're like i don't want to talk to this person and they're like no 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 like, their family yeah, their family like that's don't, the r- don't answer say for everything
1: it. it's like it's family and you never and it's like no sometimes families <laughs> do things that are, sh- are not mm-hmm. acceptable or things that are traumatic and it's okay yeah. <laughs> to like disengage from that and separate from that uh-huh you know and that's hard for my family as I've done for half of my family I've disengaged from them and it's hard but like that's what I would do for my own I know I'm I'm sane enough to be like you know what (laughs) let me not engage with that and it's hard but I would love to like get to the bottom of stuff or like you know do a family therapy session or something Mm -hmm. but it's like It it only like in my film, I feel like they'll get to stage one, and
0: they'll be like, (laughs) "We did it!" And then, but then
1: stage two, like when it's like confronting Mm. the actual issue or like getting to the root of things, it's like, "Oh my god, we're not touching that with a ten foot pole."
0: I mean, I think that there are unfortunately it's like other traumatic events that happen, Mm -hmm. or or like instances of pain or grief that bring people to the conclusion that maybe they should seek some type of help. Yeah. And like, it's, it's obviously better late than never, but like, I do want to create like an environment where people are more comfortable. And that's why you talk to somebody else. It doesn't have to be, you know, your, your immediate family to talk about these issues, Mm -hmm. but you'd be better off. But I do want to go back to your point about, you know, trauma being passed down Mm -hmm. to generations, but through generations. And, um, 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 You know, there's this um, theory or syndrome that was created by this woman named Dr. Joy DeGruy called post-traumatic slave syndrome. And it's basically about how trauma can be passed down intergenerationally. Mm -hmm. And specifically, we're talking about anybody who's been an enslaved person in the Americas. And it's interesting because there's actually like emerging research Mm -hmm. now that suggests that that, you know, suggests that there might be an actual like you know trauma gene in, in mm-hmm. our DNA yeah. that like is genetically down. modified right as the and, and I, I and I don't doubt that yeah I definitely don't doubt that especially since you know I mean it's not I'm not a scientist it's not of the course. same thing but like mental illness can be hereditary of and course. and and it it you know it makes sense that something that our ancestors survived we would we mm-hmm. could go through too I mean it's been hundreds of years that we've been going through this and I mean especially within Caribbean families like this this like influences like how we feel about ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean we t- we've touched on colorism before and just the attitude that we have towards each other too. Yeah. Um even like not even empathizing with one another, you know when we're going through something. Mm-hmm. Um, but also
1: being negative, imagine how slavery, absolutely. colonialism, and, separated families. Oh, well, exactly.
0: I mean, and, well, and what that does to a person, too, <laughs> in terms of, like, feeling abandoned
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, you know, what you...
1: Feeling lost, you feeling not, lost of no maybe. sense of community. What you
0: have to live for. Court, culture. E- exactly. Like, being definitely separated from your culture. Mm-hmm. And then the trauma is reinforced because we, we know things haven't, mm-hmm. you know, haven't changed to that degree that everything's honky dory everybody can treat themselves mentally from what they go through with their families you know exactly. individually and then this mm-hmm. you know kind of overarching issue that we have overarching uh trauma that mm-hmm. we have
1: yeah you know? and also like some of the um you know the mixed kids and all that and all the women that you know and that's the like kind of yeah. going back to the narrative discussion about like them saying that they were good slave owners you know and ones that were good and like thomas jefferson having children with his with one of his slaves right that being kind of like an anecdotal thing and it's like
0: having children instead of like rape exactly uh, you know but
1: like that trauma too and then that like kind of i mean race is a social construct but that new race that mm-hmm. they created and how like even that trauma like they have tons of books like sociologists have written about like the mixed kids the ones that were passable and yeah. like became white and then the ones that weren't imagine like that kind of trauma right. yeah. and being living separate a, a, from and your also family
0: like having a double identity exactly and not being accepted life. in either yeah, in too. either
1: group yeah. because and it kind of like those mixed kids are kind of like Dealing with the racial issues mm-hmm. too a lot, and it's still to this day yeah. when you're navigating two cultures.
0: But also like, and this is obviously not every mixed person, but this idea of being better than. Oh yeah, you know, and and like you know having the the features of or like mm-hmm. holding those features up that make yeah. you closer to quote-unquote whiteness Mm -hmm.
1: and a lot of it even if they don't want to you're conditioned right because Mm -hmm. about how you look or how your hair you know even if you're a mixed person and you're not but like those type of things i think are going back to what you're talking about this generational trauma yeah because that exists colorism is a part of the generational trauma Mm -hmm. and uh, you know the result of the trauma from slavery and colonialism
0: and even the way like i mean I might catch slack for this, but, like, the way that we discipline our children. I mean, is oh, yeah. definitely, like, the beatings and, and like, just mm-hmm. honestly abuse of children, like, comes from, yeah, you know, the beatings that we endured during slavery. I mean, and,
1: it's also they want us to behave properly because of the trauma that they've dealt well, with, abso- the violence absolutely. from the state as well.
0: Absolutely. I'm not saying yeah. it's just, you know. Mm-hmm. But I but, agree with but you. But it is. It comes from that. Like, and, and also. It's all based, it comes from that fear. Exactly.
1: And also the. um when you talk about the parenting also like growing up that was some i went to a a very white school and like interacting and going to white people's houses and seeing how kids had more authority Mm. and like you know like what you want to eat for like these are questions that i didn't not that i'm saying that it was you know i lived in a prison but i'm saying like there (laughs) was no questions on like what i wanted to eat Mm -hmm. or like you know, if I didn't want it, you had to finish your food, like, even yeah. if you didn't like it. You know, like, these type of things that it's, like, in... in When I used to go to my white friend's house, it was like that. Or they would go in the room and shut the door and, like, leave me alone, mom. Yeah. I I never could do stuff like that. So even that, but I think the way they parent, I think is also that generational trauma and like trying to make sure that we behave properly. Again, that societal thing, like always being
0: conscious of
1: what you're, or throwing tantrums in the, in in the,
0: Oh no, I would never do
1: that. (laughs) In the mall or something. I would never do that. And like, it was just one look or a pinch or something. Mm. Like I was terrified, but um, you know, I feel like it's those type of things that show up and you can see the historical difference and just kind of like how we learn to react or deal with trauma that might have been from our grandparents or great-grandparents or, yeah. you know, I mean, our this also overall. says
0: a lot about how we learn to react to other people's actions too because I'm thinking of like, you know, white kids being able to throw tantrums or like True. having this like autonomy with their parents mm-hmm. over themselves and right. like being able to choose certain things and then this narrative of them that's painted when one of the, you know, one of them that's like 18 or under does something that's mm-hmm. atrocious and horrible. Right. It's like, oh, well, we have to like make an Benefit excuse of for the them, doubt and for and them. they they've been mm-hmm. allowed to act this way their entire lives from their from their birth. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that like, you know, I think there's a fine line between like how you discipline your your child and what's negative and what's not. Like there there are some parents I'm sure who are great who like ask their kids, hey, what would you like? Of to course, have? you know, yeah, I and mean? yeah. that's the way that they choose to raise their children Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but like you know this is the abuse side of things like and not even recognizing that it's abuse too because i'm sure like every you know most i'm not gonna say most parents but parents love their kids you know what i mean but they it's like almost like i'm doing this because i love you and like Mm -hmm. back to your point of of like you better behave like you will be seen this way so you have Mm -hmm. to be disciplined and you have to march in line and do what I say.
1: Or or an experience or a racial experience that they have mm-hmm. had, right? Out in public. And then they come home and they're like, okay, I'm going to like, you can't do this behavior. Yeah. So I'm going to like beat it into you to not do this. Yeah. And again, it goes back to not being able to even say those things,
0: Yeah, you know? Stop being say- And process it properly you with know? the right tools and, and get your kid to understand something like, mm-hmm. because it's exactly. very real. Well, and it's, explaining yeah. it
1: in a way that's like, that's something I found yeah. very interesting when I started hanging around white friends like little kids Mm -hmm. you know and at the time I didn't but as I got older like The dialogue is different, and Mm -hmm. of course, it's not. I'm not generalizing. Not all white parents, but there's dialogue with white parents and Mm -hmm. kids, and like explain explaining things Mm -hmm. a little more. And like, I guess again with the tools, not being able to express. So at least my family, there was really no explanation for things. But
0: it's also like passed down too. Like, yeah, do this. (laughs) You're (laughs) you're the child. You know, supposed
1: to be seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. That was always embedded in my head. And if there was adults like having a party, you needed to be in the room room and if you came out and were nosy you were gonna get hit (laughs) and that was just it and it's not to say it was bad or that it was abuse i mean it is some of it um but it's those things i found really interesting as Mm -hmm. i get as i got older and started seeing like oh wow um, and, of course, as we become generational and, and, and like, kind of, like, you know, grow up in, U- in the U.S., we change our ways and we have what we would do with our kids. Yeah. But I also see sometimes when I see kids on the train <laughs> like so, I, would just... I revert back to, like, oh, my God, this child needs some oh, <laughs> some uh, tough parenting. Yeah, <laughs> some type of corporal we'll punishment. You, you know? Uh, it now. But it's interesting. I,
0: yeah. I mean, we were all – when I – I personally growing up like my parents, that was my form of punishment was over explaining things to me. I would get oh that's good. I would get lectures and be like crying at the end, like, can this please, please be over? That's good um, though, yeah, no, I mean, i, I definitely
1: I would have preferred that
0: yeah i I definitely preferred that. I don't know how I would have i personally but it would have been different because I would be raised in it, but I don't know how I'd feel about my parents, um especially my father. Like hitting me and what that might, yeah, how I might react, especially like there's levels to this of too. Course. Like you know, some people just get smacked and it's like go on or whatever. Some mm-hmm. people get beat with belts and you know,
1: mm-hmm. <sighs> but, yeah, to, or whatever,
0: <laughs> whatever's around, whatever's <laughs>
1: around, yeah.
0: But I mean, I I have to think. I think that you know, I think that we have to keep talking about these things, and I think that. There's a you know this younger generation of people are starting to think about themselves and their their mental health, their well being, mm-hmm. and and themselves as an individual. It took me a, a while like to really think of myself as you know Ariel, who's a who's like not alone in the world, but like has to navigate this world and like mm-hmm. do things on her own and like make real decisions. Yeah. Um. In in so many different aspects of life, and I think that this younger generation is more aware of that, like younger, I think, is what I seem to see. You know, I'm thinking about Simone Biles Mm -hmm. and Naomi Osaka, who've pulled out of competitions based on their mental health. Now, Simone Biles is a little, like, you know, she. they said it was mental and it's actually like this condition. I just want to touch on this because I feel sure. like I want to give her a shout out. I'm so happy for her that she decided to pull out of the Olympics to preserve her mental health or, mm-hmm. or she knew that she couldn't go on with this. There's like this phenomenon that happens to gymnasts in the air called twisties where you lose control of your body mm. and you can't do anything. Like she landed because she's an outstanding professional athlete. But it's mental gymnastics and there have been a slew of gymnasts who have come you know, and in support of her saying, mm-hmm. like, once th- sometimes when this happens to you, it's very hard to like feel like you're going to be able to land again, and you can injure yourself, you can harm yourself. And she decided to pull out of the mm-hmm. competition, even though this is like obviously devi- devastating for her. Of, of course, course. She, would, she would want to compete. And I just I find it interesting, like the the response that she's been <laughs> getting from a lot of just terrible trash white men. Of course, and uh, you know, one yeah. of the chief trash people, I won't even say his garbage name, uh-huh. but like this idea that you're supposed to mm-hmm. just perform and, and dance or do whatever, mm-hmm. literally flip around just for people's entertainment. For white people's yeah. entertainment. Right. For, and you're black this, yeah. and that's what you're supposed to do. And like, yeah. you know, even this idea that they have about black bodies being mm-hmm. stronger and being able to like like, super withstand. Like superhuman. Superhuman and just mm-hmm. using, constantly using for their, for their benefit. And I'm very happy that there's this movement a young, amongst young Black yeah. people to preserve their mental health because mm. the world will chew you up and spit you out. Yeah, you know she drop out of competition and people will be pissed off this week and next week it's yeah. on to the next. We and, and if she were to continue, I'd be like, oh my God, she's such a hero. She she broke mm-hmm. her back yep, for exactly. us. Exactly because oh, that well, that resilience, you know, like, yeah, right, she, and yeah, the suffering. She, yeah and it yeah exactly it's almost like it's people of color supposed to suffer absolutely that's it
1: we're used to it and we're like genetically you know we genetically are just predisposed to it instead of saying no it's the fucking systems that you created that make us suffer like this and that's what i i mean i'm i wasn't i wasn't keeping up with a story but i saw some of the memes and Mm -hmm. that was what i was that that narrative like these you know really like these white guys that are really into sports, and, you know, that whole nationalism that is with the Olympics, which yeah. I don't really watch it, but, like, that whole thing and, like, saying, how dare she, and she's, like, mis- yeah. representing the country, and it's like, are we serious yeah. right now? Like, <laughs> like come on, you know? And uh, it's just that narrative that you're, like, supposed to perform for them. You're We're here for their amusement. Yeah. That's the, at the exactly. bottom line in, in every form just of the, the word. Just the entertainment. Like, yeah. dance,
0: do this. Exactly. LeBron, do this when I say Exactly. when I want to see it. Mm-hmm. And so no, don't suffer in silence. I'm I'm so happy that these these young women are taking a stance for themselves. Same with Naomi Osaka. I mean, she decided to pull out of. You know, these competitions, I'm not a tennis aficionado, so I don't, me, r- me, I don't know either. if it was Wimbledon or the French Open or whatever. A few of these and even the Olympics she decided to pull out of mm. to preserve her mental health. And people have the nerve to be like, oh, well, she was on the cover of Vogue. Huh. Is she really like sick? How dare you mm-hmm. impose your idea of what? you know, being yeah. well is onto somebody else. It's it's mm-hmm. totally insane. But it, it is definitely racist. Of course. It's only racist. That's what it comes from. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm sure there's there's sexism piled onto there of too. Course. And and just I mean, think I mean I go back to Simone Biles, what she endured and what she went through, you know, with you know, the abuse from this doctor and having to, you know, Or deciding to tell everyone publicly—that's a lot of stress in itself because you're judged. I mean, I personally I understand that, like having to to stand in Mm -hmm. in your truth and and be bare and vulnerable for people to see. And people are assholes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I mean, like, yeah. At the end of the day, they're assholes, which which is why you have to take care of your mind. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I think that you know it's a good discussion to have, and I think it's a great that we are talking about and being open about it. I think we should definitely check our mental health you know and and not be ashamed of it and also talk to our you know our family and friends about it Mm -hmm. casually and from a place of just like listen i'm just taking care of me and i want to talk things out um and i think that's really important
0: absolutely and there are different forms of therapy too there's even like you know community therapy you may not i mean and that's another thing we didn't touch on but like how expensive it can be to Mm -hmm. to to treat your mind and talk to somebody but there are there are different resources if you're interested Yeah, Um, definitely. Or the arts or however however you want to express writing. That was something that was
1: really big for me in high school, writing poetry and stories. So it's just important to check your mental health. And, you know, I hope everyone does it. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was a great conversation. Thank you for sharing.
0: Thank you all for listening and supporting us. So please be sure to follow and subscribe to us on social media and look out for new episodes every Thursday.
1: Thank you, guys. Bye.